repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. The very first time that Jesus' message is summarized in the scriptures, uh, the very first record we have of what Jesus preached when he started preaching. Uh, and it doesn't just say Jesus happened to preach this the first time out. It says in verse 17 here, Matthew chapter 4, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. So if, if we want to, uh, we can engage in arguments with people all day long about what the gospel is and what its relevance is for our day and age. Uh, but uh, really, I hope we don't have to get into a battle between our wits and other people's wits, uh, between our ideas and other people's ideas. I hope we can just all go back to what Jesus said and what his message was from the very beginning, and then, and then let that be what guides us. Uh, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. We can unpack those terms along the way, but I want to jump into what he does next. Uh, once he begins with a message, uh, he recruits a team. He knows his why. He knows uh, what he's here to do, what his message is to proclaim, and then he gets about uh, put, pulling a team together. Now, do you really think that Jesus needed a team? Uh, he could have uh, done this any number of ways, uh, but he chose he chose kind of the old fashioned way. He walked around and met people and invited them to join him in the in the work. Uh, in verse 18 says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, at once they left their nets and followed him. So Jesus, the first time he called somebody to follow him on this mission he was on, and this mission is uh, around repent, drawing, calling people to repentance uh, and proclaiming that the kingdom of heaven is near. Right out of the gate, uh, the first time he invites somebody to join him, he immediately is inviting them to mission. Um, their invitation, his message is repentance, but his invitation right out of the gate is join me in the work. Uh, walk along with me. Follow me. And so as he invites them to follow him, he also invites them to join him in, his, in the work. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. It's significant here that they left their boat and their father. And followed him because their uh, expectation culturally would have been that they served their father until uh, he was done with them, and then uh, and then they could go on and maybe off and do their own thing. But they had a responsibility to the uh, the well being of their family, uh, economically, socially, and every other way uh, to learn their trade from their father and then to do it well so that they could contribute to the whole family succeeding. There was no guarantee. There was no expectation that families would survive in this era of the ancient world. Uh, somebody had to step up and ensure their survival. And that was the job of uh, these sons who were learning a trade from their father. And yet Jesus comes and calls them out of that trade that was providing a living for their family. I think that's what Nazarene Bible College has been a part of since its beginning. Uh, the stories that I heard, I, uh, Dr. Church arranged for me to have lunch yesterday with uh, Jerry Lambert, who was a previous president, three presidents ago. And uh, man, he's 84, he was, his 84th birthday yesterday. And he's, I, I didn't know him 25, 30 years ago uh, when he served as NBC president, but I can't imagine he was any sharper then than he is right now. I mean, he just is right on it. 
be crystal clear uh, memory and, and line of thought. And he really was uh, helpful to us. And he talked about how people would get saved in camp meetings back when Dr. Strickland was the president at NBC. They'd get saved in a camp meeting and immediately be talked to about uh, maybe having a call on their life. And some of these people would go home, pack up, quit their jobs and drive to Colorado Springs with no advanced preparation and say, I'm here to prepare for ministry. Uh, all over the country, people were getting I mean, right after they got saved. They hadn't even been discipled yet. Nobody had any idea if they had any gifts or graces or not for ministry. And they were just packing up because they felt the call of Jesus and jumping in their cars and driving to Colorado Springs, sometimes uh, not even with a U-Haul. Uh, and that that's uh, remarkable to me. And, and really, uh, it helps me make sense of what was going on here in Matthew chapter four. I think that that story from Dr. Lambert about uh, what was happening across the country when NBC was just starting out sounds more like Matthew 4 than it does anything I've ever heard of. Uh, and uh, I just believe that that the vast majority of those people, if not every single one of them, found it to be absolutely worth it to say yes uh, to Jesus. Uh, this this idea that, that Jesus calls us to repentance, he calls us uh, to leaning into the kingdom, uh, participation in the kingdom, to follow him, and says, I will make you fishers of men. In other words, I want to. I want you to join me in the work. Uh, is is significant to me. Um, it means something to me to to be invited to be on the team, uh, any place on the team. Uh, it means something to me. When I was in sixth grade, my brother was is three and a half years older than me. He uh, is is tall, good looking, slender, athletic, smart, uh, socially appropriate. I mean, he's just the perfect kind of big brother that every kid wants to have. And really no kid wants to have uh, because every time I, we lived in a town of about 30,000, we attend, I attended the same schools, had some of the same teachers three years after him. And uh, I would always get the first day of class. Uh, well, Oh, you're John Sherwood's little brother. Uh, he is a fine young man. Oh, that's almost a quote from teacher after teacher after teacher. And it didn't take, but a few weeks uh, for them to look at me at some point and say, you know, you're not a thing like your brother, are you? And they may not have remembered what they said to me the first day of class. But they were right. I wasn't a whole lot like him. He was athletic. He played on the basketball team. I idolized him. I loved basketball. I wanted to be a basketball player, but I was not tall and slender and athletic. Uh, I was uh, short and round and, um, and, and could make the most of the low center of gravity, but didn't have a whole lot of other athletic skills. And so, but I thought I was going to play basketball like John did. So I, I showed up sixth grade tryouts, doctor or not doctor coach Norman was uh, known for being a pretty hard-nosed uh, basketball. This was back in the days when no one cared um, about kids going home and complaining to their parents that the, the coach was too rough. Uh, any, any, it just didn't happen. You didn't go home and complain to your parents because your parents would say to uh, straighten up and, um, and work harder, and maybe the coach wouldn't be on you so bad. Uh, that's just kind of how the culture was. And so um, the first, first day of tryouts, I was having a hard time keeping up went through the, the, the two or three tryouts. He put up, and the way they would do it then, again, there was also no concern whatsoever for, uh, for children's feelings. Uh, so uh, a, a list went up on the coach's office door of everybody that made the cut. And, and not everybody was going to make the team. There were no apologies to anybody for not making the team. Uh, just if your name wasn't on that list, you didn't make the cut. Well, guess whose name wasn't on the list? Um, this is sixth grade, so, um, so I was disappointed devastated actually because I just assumed I'm going to make the team I'm going to I'm going to hustle and I've tried my best and I, I didn't make it 
So seventh grade rolls around, tryouts come around again. Most people who didn't make it in sixth grade didn't try out in seventh grade, um, but I did. And I, cause I thought it's only a matter of time till I break through. And so I tried out in seventh grade. Uh, there's usually about two or three cuts in order to make the team. And so we're just talking about first cuts here. And uh, the, the name of the list goes up on the door, seventh grade. And I go check out the list and, and my name, sure enough, not on it. So eighth grade rolls around, same coach, same school. Uh, and and uh, I'm determined I'm going to make it in eighth grade. And so um, I've worked a little bit during the summer, tried to get in a little bit better shape. I was still pretty short, still pretty round. Uh, but I had uh, developed some moves and some, uh, some, more, some better skills. And so I showed up eighth grade. I went all out and I, I went after it. By eighth grade, almost nobody who, was, who wasn't already on the team in sixth and seventh grade is bothering to try out. But there I show up and uh, I'm going at it. Uh, and the, the cut list comes out. And wouldn't you know it, that year, my name's still not on it. Uh, so um, I'm devastated again. All over again. It's like every year I just don't learn. It's like these cartoons where the same cartoon character keeps losing but doesn't have a good sense to stop trying. And so eighth grade summer, I was too young to get a job. I had a paper out, so that, but that didn't take very long. So I just decided I was going to work out all summer. So I started working out. I'm going to by next by freshman year tryouts, I was going to be ready. So I I dropped probably 30 pounds that summer, and I happened to have the good fortune of growing uh, like four inches. Uh, pretty much all over the summer. Uh, and so I show up for basketball tryouts later that fall. Uh, this is high school now. There are, there are about six feeder schools that feed into one large high school, Pekin High School, uh, probably at that time close to 3,000 students. So uh, a lot of people who played in junior high aren't going to make the cut in, in ninth grade uh, because it's uh, high school basketball now. And there's like six schools coming together and there's only one basketball team to make. But I thought, man, I'm going to do this because I've gotten in shape. Uh, I've worked hard all summer. I lost a bunch of weight. I'm ready for this. And I also knew that the girls like basketball players. And uh, I was starting to get kind of interested in girls. And so that seemed like the, the way for me to, to get there. So, and, and this is kind of a long story, but stay tuned because it gets worse. Um, I show up for basketball tryouts freshman year. I go back the second day, go back the third day. Then he says cut list is going to be up right after the third practice. I, my hopes are up this time because I know I put the work in and I go to the door and I look at the list and my name's not on it. So um, I, I find other things to do and um, I'm disappointed. But uh, then and there are two squads, by the way, in freshmen, there's an A team and a B team. So at least there was an extended roster and I had a shot. Then I sophomore year rolls around. And so I decided I'm going to turn it up a notch. So I run cross country in the fall. I had never run long distance before. I kept getting in better shape. And I decided, you know, I may not be the most skilled or most talented person in tryouts, but I'm going to, I'm going to be, the, I'm going to be the best conditioned and I'm going to be able to hustle the most. And the coach is going to know I'm there. Uh, something happened back in eighth grade at tryouts that uh, never I've never gotten over. Uh, the coach uh, stopped practice because a bunch of the guys who've been playing for a few years were, were griping about running too much and they were kind of complaining, their shoulders were slumped, they had bad body language. And so he stops the tryout, brings everybody together and tells everybody to suck it up and to quit being babies, some words to that effect. Uh, they were allowed to, teachers were, and coaches were allowed to cuss in the, in the early eighties. And so uh, he laid it on us. And he said, uh, you people that I'm uh, that I'm getting on, when I yell at you, 
you ought to be thankful I'm yelling at you because that means I believe you've got potential. Uh, the ones that ought to be worried are the ones that I don't yell at. Well, guess who he had never, ever yelled at? Uh, he never got on me one single time in all those years of tryouts. So fresh. So now I'm fast forward to freshman, freshman year. I'm into sophomore year. I run cross country in the fall. I actually have a fairly decent cross country season, but I don't love cross country. Uh, girls don't love cross country runners. Uh, so I, I'm trying out for basketball right after cross country season. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm hustling like crazy. I'm diving after loose balls. I'm knocking guys down in the paint. I'm, I'm going all out. And uh, the first cut list goes up and I go, I go to that first cut list. And uh, I, I almost was resigned to the idea that I wasn't going to make it. Uh, but, but wouldn't you know it, for the first time, my name shows up on a cut list. And uh, I'm invited back for the next cut. And there's only going to be one more cut, he told us. There's only two cuts. So, man, I am loaded for bear in these practices. Every other person on that floor hated me, uh, except for the coach, because the coach always likes one guy who's a little undersized, who's a little under-talented, uh, but, uh, but just runs all out. And so that's what I, that was my strategy. That's all, that's all I had uh, was try harder than everybody else. And so I went at it. And uh, we got to the place where he was going to be posting the second cuts. I went back after school that day on the day of the second cuts and look up there. And wouldn't you know it, um, my name is not on the list. And uh, the coach calls me into his office, sees me looking at the paper. I'm kind of, you know, sometimes you just can't believe your eyes. And so you go back and you read it again. And then you go back and read it again. You go back and think, I must have missed it. It's got to be there. Uh, the coach sees me looking at the list and uh, calls me in his office. He says, hey, you're the next guy up. Uh, if you if you want to be there when I need somebody, uh, you can be the equipment manager. And then if anybody gets injured during the season, uh, you can suit up. And the idea of being able to put on my school's uniform and ever dressing for a game was just I can't tell you how large that loomed for me. And so I agreed to be the equipment manager. I was the equipment manager that season. And, what, and guess what? People, uh, we had a couple players get injured, couldn't finish out the season, and I still never got the call to uh, to dress and uh, and be on the team. Um, so I never made it. Five years of effort, five years of trying, five years of trying to to uh, to 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 get in, uh, and I never made it. So that's a horrible story, isn't it? And I dragged it out all that time, and then it ends like that. I mean, it might be a decent story if I actually made the team and then made a big shot, but I didn't. I never made it. And then by varsity, I had gotten a job at Steak and Shake. They were willing to put me on their team. And um, I was flipping burgers and making milkshakes, and I never tried out again. Uh, and that dream was uh, basically over. Um, so all those, all those years of trying. Um, so here's why I tell that story. It means something to me to make the team, uh, to be on the team. And when, when I was uh, called to preach, um, it was years later before I ever got saved. Um, once I got saved, I knew I was going to have to say yes uh, to the call to preach. And the, the thought that Jesus was calling me to do something for him, that he wanted to write my name down on that cut list, uh, he had something for me to do that mattered, um, man, that was big for me. And I've never lost that sense of appreciation. I told you last time I shared with you, uh, and I'm sure you've memorized everything I said last time uh, in April, um, but I, I shared with you about how I walked into a room my first day as youth pastor, my first week as youth pastor of 12 teenagers sitting around a table. 
And uh, I felt so privileged and blessed to be there. That, that feeling has never gone away for me. Um, when I, when I've been able to, to know, I'm just knowing I'm on, I'm on his team and he has in mind, not just to accept me, not just to put up with me, uh, but he actually has in mind to use me to accomplish his purposes in this world as part of his team. I'm on the team. I got the uniform. I'm on the roster. My name's on the cut list. And I get to, I get to give my life to this with my teammates uh, I can't imagine going at it any other way, but just going at it all out and giving myself fully to this team that has allowed me to join it. Uh, it means something to me to be on the team, on Jesus' team. It means something to me to be on this team. And uh, I just, um, I hope that uh, in your quiet moments, um, sometimes maybe in the middle of these projects that uh, that don't go perfectly, um, I hope your sense of being chosen by God to be on this team, because I really believe you're here because God chose you to be on this team. Uh, you made the, you made his cut list and uh, he put you here for a reason. And nobody can be to this team uh, exactly what God has in mind for you to be to this team. Uh, he put you here, warts and wrinkles and strengths and weaknesses, and he has in mind to put us all together and make something out of us for the sake of his kingdom that that we couldn't be without you, not quite to the to the same degree. And so I'm grateful you're on the team. I'm really grateful to be on any team. And uh, and I, I just uh, trust that God will do through us uh, exactly what he has in mind to do and that we would cooperate with his grace because we're good Wesleyans, that we would cooperate with his grace and that he would be able to achieve uh, his purposes in this world through even people like us, uh, even, even somebody like me. And uh, I'm never going to, I'm starting to accept that I'm probably never going to play in the NBA. Uh, it, it's starting to look like, like that door might be closing, but, uh, but I'm thankful that, that really God led me away from that because while uh, I'm sure I could have developed a, a great dunk for the dunk contest, um, I think I've probably enjoyed doing what he called me to even more than I would have enjoyed any of that. And uh, I'm grateful to be here, and I can't tell you how blessed I feel to be a part of this team. And I want to serve you, and I want to, uh, I want to, when it's when it's all said and done, my, one of my goals is uh, to die broke and to die happy, because uh, I can't take any of it with me, and I'll have a whole fresh supply of energy once I get there where I'm going. Uh, and so uh, I don't want to live broke, and I don't want to live, I don't, I don't want to live uh, exhausted, uh, but I want to die broke, and I want to die happy. And I, and frankly, I want to die tired, uh, having left it all on the field. And, uh, it's just, it's just fun, uh, to be able to live life this way with a team all sold out to the same cause. So, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's go get them. And, uh, uh, thank you again for making room for me to serve alongside of you. Let me, <laughs> thank you. Uh, let me pray for you real quick. Father, thank you for this team. Thank you for our calling. Thank you for all those across the USA and Canada who have benefited from Nazarene Bible College and uh, who support Nazarene Bible College. We pray, Lord, that uh, every day uh, we would make it worth their investment and that, uh, that we would produce a return on your investment in us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.